Well, he's a great actor. He's a great patriot, and and he's a good friend of mine. He's uh, had his own successful long-running TV show and has starred pretty much as Tom Hanks' only friend in a major motion picture. Unfortunately, Gary Sinise couldn't be here today, and instead we were able to get Nick Searcy. Uh, Nick, that's about the only joke you're going to get from me today. Uh, we're old friends. We go back a long way. That's right. And and it's an honor and a pleasure to have you here. Good to see you again, uh, Bill. Yeah. Good to see you again, too. Uh, you have produced a movie called Capital Punishment, which opens on uh, Thanksgiving. And uh, we set enough time aside for us to be able to get into this a little bit more uh, deeply than than maybe just most of these kind of interviews. Yeah. Um, you. So we'll start at the beginning. Um, you were there, weren't you? Yeah. I went on uh, January 6th to Washington, not with the intention of making a movie, but just because I'm a great American. And and I just kind of walked around and, and made some little iPhone movies, you know, just like a tourist. Mm-hmm. And, and when I got home and watched the media, watched the television, I didn't see anything like what I had experienced. You know, I didn't see any of the violence. I didn't see anything. I saw a lot of people praying and singing and saying the Star Spangled, I mean, saying the Pledge of Allegiance. And and most of them were my age or older. So I don't know what we were armed with other than maybe polygrip and, you know, <laughs> some blood pressure medicine or something. So, you know, the, the this idea of this being a violent armed insurrection was just completely not what I saw. So we decided to make a movie and explore that and see why there was such a disparity between what the media was saying and what I experienced. Yeah, the um, the the subtitle of your movie, which is very appropriately called "Capital Punishment," is uh, everything you you've been told is a lie. Mm-hmm. Imagine my surprise. <laughs> um, so, look, let's let's back up a little bit before the actual event. Um, I've referred to the night of uh, of uh, November fourth, twenty twenty, as a as a sneak attack, as a basically a Pearl Harbor, was a sneak attack by uh, by people that have no interest in. Uh, self-government, no interest in integrity, no interest in anything. Uh, as it turns out, on election night that night, you and I were in the same place. We were over at Daily Wire, weren't we? Yes, we watching were. The results, yeah. Watching the results coming in. And then somewhere in the middle of this Trump uh, rolling victory, uh, we started getting a delay. We heard that, oh, there, yeah, the um, uh, the uh, one major lo- location in, uh, in uh, Atlanta is, uh, is late reporting because um, – because there's been a burst water main. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then next thing you know, they're they're holding us for hours and hours and hours. They're holding us so long they finally go to me on camera. That's how desperate they got. <laughs> and in the middle of, of this evening, we discovered that the voting had simply stopped. The counting of the voting had stopped. I was on the air with, with Ben and when President Trump came on and said, something's going on. Mm-hmm. And, and Ben said, uh, look, he's, he's got no business saying that. He doesn't have any evidence. And I said, Ben, they stopped counting in five states. Yeah. The, the evidence is right in front of us. So this entire January 6th protest was predicated on the idea that the, that the media had been lying to us, had been continually lying to us, that no one was investigating it. No one was looking into it. No one was doing anything. And... A lot of people, including you, went to Washington to, to, to show that this isn't okay and we want some answers. Right. I mean, they basically rammed it down everybody's throat and said, if you if you object to this, you you are anti-American or you are some sort of a seditionist. When in fact, it's like if if I was on the other side and somebody contested the fact that the election was stolen and that, that my mm-hmm. side had stolen it, 
I would want to prove that I didn't. You Me know? too. Just Me to, too. Just to and, unify and America. Fairly, yeah. And it should be fairly easy to do. Yeah. And the fact that no one's looking into this is is in itself the biggest the biggest form of evidence. So you've got an awful lot of Americans. I know a number of them that went there. Go to uh, Washington. I wasn't there. The next day or so, or a day or the day after, certainly, I think it was the next day I wake up, and I hear about this big insurrection and storming the uh, the Capitol and all the rest of it, and and I got on on um, my morning show and basically fell into the trap of of repeating what I had heard through the news. Right. And I said, this is a gigantic mistake. They're never ever going to let us hear the end of this. You know, this business of 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 just going in and kicking in windows at the uh, Capitol and and looting the place was. Not a good idea. But as I watched the trailer for your movie, and as I heard from other people who were there saying, that's nothing like what happened, Bill. This is a big, 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 deep story underneath this. So in your trailer, for example, there's a, a memorable line where you, where somebody says, I remember you from Oregon or something, somebody in from Antifa and so on. Mm -hmm. Did you see evidence of people there who were dressed as... Trump supporters who clearly weren't? Yes, we, we have uh, footage in the movie of, of them changing clothes in the bushes, them uh, pulling off, really? pulling things over their Trump gear and, and changing clothes. And two things about that, what you just said in the movie, we show that the first breach of the Capitol, the first breaking of the windows, occurred before Trump's speech even ended. It wasn't the people that were over there listening to him. So who was it? And the second point about that, is that we talked to a guy named Chris Barron, who you may know, and he made this point that like what was happening in the Capitol at that moment was exactly what everybody was there wanted to happen. Ted Cruz was standing yeah. up and challenging the results. Josh Halley was challenge, challenging the results. No one that was there on that day who believed the election was stolen wanted to stop that process. So the people who did what they did by breaking in actually went against the wishes of everybody that was there. Right. We just wanted an answer. Yeah. And and then all of a sudden, uh, this whole thing happens. Um, there's so much to talk about here. Uh, just going through what I remember from your trailer, the there are two things in that trailer that just made my blood run. Well, most of it made my blood boil, but <laughs> but two of it, two moments made my blood actually kind of run cold. One of them was you're talking to somebody who's there on the protest, walking in, um, just explaining why she's there and what she's doing, and you find out that her name is Ashley Babbitt. And then there's another very quick shot in your, in your film that is a remarkably clear and close picture of somebody with a, with a handgun firing that weapon, somebody in a suit. For all of us that, that look at this travesty. Uh, this is the part that's the hardest to, to take on a, on a visceral level. Did you know Ashley Babbitt before you made the movie? No, no, I did not. Um, and did you get a chance to talk to her before you, on the day or was, or, or were you able to recover that footage afterwards? We got that footage from somewhere else, but her husband, Aaron, is interviewed mm -hmm. extensively in the film. And, yeah. and he talks about uh, his experience of that day and what she went through. And uh, we show the entire two-minute uh, video of, of her killing, her murder. I call it a murder. 
And the thing that he, he called it, husband called it an execution, didn't he? Yes, he did. And yeah, well, when you look at right when you look at the video, it's hard not to think that because when the gun comes up, when Officer Bird brings that gun up, it is up for about thirty-five or forty seconds. It's up before Ashley Babbitt is there, and so that makes me think, what's going on here? He was there, ready to shoot somebody, even though he didn't know who was coming through the window yet. So, it, and, the, and there were a lot of problems with this guy in the past, right? In yeah. terms of professional conduct, yeah. he's not exactly uh, a, a, a model police officer. Right, right. And it's it, 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 there's just so many questions about that. And the way, of course, the way the media does everything, they slam shut the book on that. No, this has been decided. He didn't do anything wrong. There's nothing to see here. If you say anything mm-hmm. against that, then, you know, you're lying. And, you know, they just sort of close the book on everything before it's investigated. Same, same way they what? did the election. Let me ask you a quick question about the video that you just mentioned where, where you've got like two minutes with uh, before Ashley was shot. We've just, as we record this, just a, a couple of days ago, had a, I think, something that relieved and, and surprised many of us. We had an actual, honest to God, fair verdict in the Kyle Rittenhouse Unbelievable. Uh, trial. Yeah. 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 Now, in that, in that particular case, there is video of Rittenhouse essentially doing his level best to run away from these people who are chasing him down. And anybody who looks at that video could look at it and say, this guy is not what the narrative is making him. He's not walking down the street, just gunning down people. He's, he's, he's trying to get away and he's defending his life. In the, in the video in your movie, is it possible to get a sense that not only was uh, there really no real threat to these uh, agents, but that Ashley specifically was not doing anything threatening. Absolutely. She was not she was not armed. There was nothing in her hands. And she stuck her head through the window and they she was shot. Uh didn't try to climb through, nothing, no weapon, you said, nothing, no threats. Just just wanted some answers or, or looking in there and bang. I'm not sure. That part of the video is is, is obscured, but you know, but seeing where she was exactly at the moment the trigger was pulled. But yep. my, my understanding was that she had her hands on the window. And uh, Aaron Babbitt, her husband, talks about how the use of force continuum was not followed by that officer, and he just shot her. It's like, you know, there are many steps before you go to deadly force. Yes. There's verbalization, there's uh, warning. A warning. You know, and none of that that happened. Okay, so let me... Would you you think... uh, This is a, a loaded term, and... You've obviously done the research on it and, and spent a lot of time on this. Is it fair to call this whole thing a false flag operation? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily use that terminology just because it has a lot of meanings that I may may or may not understand. But what <laughs> what I what I call it was a setup, and that the, this whatever this was was planned. There's too many fishy things about the whole thing. The fact that there was no media coverage of anything except the Capitol on that day. The fact that there was no visible police presence anywhere except at the Capitol on that day when they knew that this huge demonstration was coming. And also the fact that there were no counter protests on that day. You almost never have any sort of a Trump rally where you don't have a visible counter protest. And the reason exactly. there was not a visible counter protest that day was that they had infiltrated. 
they had dressed as Trump supporters and went in there to cause trouble. And we have a lot of footage of people like that 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 is uh, presented in the film. So the immediate aftermath of this, and you you said you didn't go there to make a movie, and, and I assume just like everybody else, uh, you woke up the next day and heard the story. But unlike many of us, you were actually there, actually saw what happened. Yeah. This this has has been this event that they've created and this narrative that they've created out of the events of January sixth have have been used as a bludgeon and it has set so deep into the pop culture now that this is the evidence that anybody who opposes uh, Donald Trump, Republicans, conservatives, or whatever immediately goes to oh you're just a bunch of violent murderers and right. and. And this is after, of course, you know, year of, of, of the Black Lives Matter riots and pro all, all of that. No, no, no. It all comes down to January 6th. Nancy Pelosi is saying the greatest threat to our democracy you know, since the Civil War, whoever made that ridiculous comment. Clearly, a narrative was created. And, and one of the points you seem to be making is, is that a lot of the elements of that narrative were in place before the actual event happened. Yeah, there were there were many many things that could have been done that would have prevented any of this. Uh, you know, even President Trump had said, you know, we should call in the National Guard. Pelosi shut that down. Um, she said, Yeah, why, why did she do that? Well, because she, I, my personal because they needed they needed an incident, right? Right. And my personal opinion is, and I you know I can't, I'm I'm allowed to have an opinion. I think that mm -hmm. they wanted something worse than this. I think they wanted a lot of violence. And if you see what's now coming out about the death of uh, Rosalind, uh, Roseanne Bolin, who died in the tunnel, that what was going on in that tunnel was really a pitched battle that was instigated by the Capitol Police. And there were a lot of people being hurt in that tunnel. And, and she was actually beaten to death. There's now video of it. So I think that really what was being orchestrated was something more like... Uh, say, the color revolution in the Ukraine, where more than 100 people died, and they used that to really shut down the whole country. And I think that's what they were trying to do. They wanted an incident that was so bad that they could say, all of these Trump supporters are racist, violent, hateful people that need to be treated like terrorists, and we've got to disarm them all because they're all too dangerous. And don't pay too much attention to the actual election results now that we have this spectacular distraction, right? Exactly. I mean, once the once the events happened, it was no longer about whether or not the people there had a had a justifiable reason to petition the government as guaranteed by their First Amendment rights. That's right. Once January 6th happened, all of the focus went away from the countless irregularities onto onto this coup attempt uh, where where a, a president who who lost the election is now basically trying to uh, Format a, a, a insurrection, yeah. uh, in order to uh, steal his way back into power. And look at what happened on the day itself. What was happening in the Senate, in the chambers, in the Capitol building, was that the election was being challenged. After the break-in, after the insurrection right. happened, they shut down that debate and said, "We can't afford to do this. It's too dangerous. We're going to certify the election right now today. No more investigating." So, who would have wanted that to happen? Not us, yeah, not us Trump guys. <laughs> the um, the whole thing just reeks. And and for so let me just say something to people who are watching, and maybe you can elaborate on this. Yeah. Um, 
I've spent most of my life trying to debunk conspiracy theories. I'm not a person who's prone to conspiracy theories. They're, when you see something like this and you hear these kind of allegations made, you think, well, you know. But there's no question that the Federal Bureau of Investigation made an attempt to unseat a duly elected president, that they invented evidence that they then took to court to use as reasons to plant this whole Russian collusion story. That actually happened. James Comey actually got on TV, indicted Hillary Clinton for 45 minutes, and then said, we're not going to, we don't think we should press charges. That actually happened. Mm -hmm. All of the things that we, as, as rational, reasonable people, would say, no, no, it can't, it can't be real. These things actually happened, happened well before January 6th, and they continue to happen. Mm -hmm. And and it's a hard thing to come to realize, that's a painful thing to come to realize, that the overwhelming evidence now is that your own government is at war against the American people, and not just the government, aspects and elements of the government, the people like you and I not only admired and respect, people like you play in movies, you know, lawmen, uh, uh, FBI guys, G-men, you know, the untouchables, all of this stuff, to, to face the idea that this is all this corrupt is a real shock for Americans, and it's a tough and bitter pill to swallow, but that doesn't mean it's not true, is, does it? No. I mean, and, and like you said, you know, you can go back over the past five years and you look at the lies. I mean, one after the other, it's been disproven, and they don't care. They never admit it. They just move on to the next lie, and it's been happening over and over and over again. And so there's a man in the movie who says, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to come up with some new conspiracy theories because all my old ones keep coming true, you know, and, that, and that's really what's happening. I mean, I don't know how many times it has to happen before, you know, we start to see a pattern. <laughs> they lie until the lie doesn't work anymore, and then they just drop that lie and they move on to the next lie. Right, and the Rittenhouse case is uh, just the most recent example of this. There's the there's your evidence right in front of your lion eyes, uh, but we're going to um, tell a story and we're going to exclude what evidence we need to exclude, cherry pick the little things that we can, string them together in a story, and then just keep telling that story until at least half of the country believes it. Mm -hmm. um, so Nick, so you come back from from just going there to go there, and and you you see this narrative being spun, you see the, the effect that it has as a weapon from the people who are behind this whole thing. What got you to make this movie? Was it just, you just couldn't take it anymore? Well, uh, somebody was, uh, we were talking about it and I said, you know, this is really an attack on free speech. And we kind of set out to make this kind of uh, the, the original title of the movie was The Trouble with Free Speech, because that's what I saw. Mm -hmm. It's an attack on people's ability to say, we don't believe this. We'd like you to prove it to us. Right. And as the movie went on and as we began shooting and talking to people and meeting these people whose doors have been busted down by the FBI. Yeah. Uh, whose 13-year-old daughters have been handcuffed and put on the street. Yeah. They've been treated like drug cartel leaders or serial killers rather than decent Americans who have a different opinion about the government. The more we started to talk to these people, the more I realized that that's really what the movie was about. And so we set out to show people, this is what your government is doing. These are people who didn't go in the building who who didn't do anything violent and in fact didn't do anything more than I did 
And I say throughout the movie, why am I not being investigated? You know, I'm, I haven't done anything any differently than these guys have done. And if the FBI would come after me, it would have made a great ending to the film. You know, we had to make yeah. make one up because the FBI wouldn't investigate me. But that's why the movie became it switched from the trouble with free speech to capital punishment after we we kind of learned that that's what the government is doing. They are punishing people, demonizing them, and terrorizing them if they disagree with the government. And it's done intentionally to send a message to others. They're ter- right. they're turning neighbors against you know the against each other and saying these people are evil. I mean, there's stuff in the movie about uh, how the it's not just the government, but these people's communities have turned against them because the government has basically stigmatized them as racists or white supremacists or violent insurrectionists, and so then the government is then weaponizing the community to go and do the dirty work for them. It's really, really sinister and sick. Yeah, I think that the reason they didn't come after you is because you're international film and television star Nick Cersei. That's and true. that is something that is something you do in a self-deprecating way that that makes people who know you love you. But I'm serious about this mm-hmm. because of all the things that I see in this movie and all of the things that you're trying to to expose, it's the fact that the that the people that that the government are going after are not people who are are famous. They're not people who have friends. They're not people who get movies made or distributed. They're just regular people being being intimidated and 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 bullied mm-hmm. by uh, by the government that they went to to lawfully and legally protest as guaranteed in the, in their First Amendment rights. It's it's the little people that are that are getting hurt by this. They're just regular Americans who, who went there with a really pure heart, who the who are the ones who, as you say, are being utterly having the doors kicked down and, and, and being treated like, well, I almost said being treated like like uh, you know Muslim terrorists, but they mm-hmm. treat Muslim terrorists much better than that. Right. And you know, you go back to the you mentioned the Rittenhouse case before. I mean, Kyle Rittenhouse there was funds started to help him have a a vigorous defense. A lot of these people that are being targeted, they can't spend tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars on a legal defense. So what happens to them? They get a court-appointed attorney. And in most cases, the court-appointed attorney is not working for them. He's working for the government. He's trying to get them to take a plea deal. He's coming in and he's saying, if you go to trial, you could face 28 years. But if you take this one felony, you'll do six months and you can get on with your life. And they do that so that they can then pile up these plea deals and say, look at all these domestic terrorists that have admitted wrongdoing. They've accepted this plea deal. And now they're convicted felons and they can't vote and they can't own a firearm. So they are basically using this to try to neutralize poor people, middle class people who disagree with them. And they're doing, like I said, it's a chilling effect. They want everybody to know, if you do this, this is what's going to happen to you. We ruin these people. We will ruin you if you do it. So, obviously, uh, the, the the biggest casualty of the day was, was Ashley Babbitt. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, most of the people who went to the demonstration came home and were left alone. You mentioned a, a significant number of them 
have been harassed since then, and there are still people sitting in a federal dungeon for trespassing charges a year after this has happened, aren't there? Yes, they're still there in jail. Um, Julie Kelly at American Greatness is one of the great advocates for them. Her Twitter feed is... is uh, you, you shouldn't miss it. I mean, she's telling the truth about what they're doing to these people in these horrible conditions that you would think were happening in Afghanistan or Iran or something, you know, toilets that don't work, solitary confinement with no phone call, uh, bugs yeah, all over the Sign the, the paper. Yeah. Sign the paper and we'll make all this end for you. Exactly right. I, 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 yeah. It's like a KGB sort of, you know, sign this confession before we execute you kind of thing. You know, Nick, I, I just, there are times, I had a real bad week three weeks ago or so, when just, I think, the, just the raw shame of it, you know, the shame. I don't mean like little shame, hey, that's a shame. I mean just the, 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 the burden of seeing the United States government doing the kind of things that the United States government was instituted to fight against. It's right. enough to... It's enough to take your heart out. How many times during the course of this process did you simply just say, I just, I can't believe what I'm seeing here? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, we heard it so many times over and over again, you know, I, I, just after a certain time, you, you begin to go, okay, this is, you get kind of uh, a little bit jaded about it because, okay, we're going to go talk to another person that this happened to and another person. But the reaction that we've been getting from people who, you know, are seeing this film for the first time, you cannot believe that this is going on. You cannot believe that this is happening in America. And you also, I have trouble believing that even Democrats, if they see this film, they cannot right. possibly think this is the way these people should be treated. And if they do, then they're lost. And I, I don't know. But I mean, any fair-minded American should be able to look at this film and go, that guy deserved a phone call. You know, the FBI that's, going, that's we'd it. like to talk to you, rather than beating down his door and terrorizing his family. Yeah, we saw that with, um, was it uh, James O'Keefe? Yeah. I think a couple a week or two ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Knock his door down, handcuff him, throw him against the wall, that kind of thing. All they had to do was knock. He would have said, come on in. Yeah. What can I do for you? Um, you know, so, so tell us about, about how this film is being released, how people can see it, how they can share it, and what they can do to help. The film is being released at a website, capitalpunishmentthemovie.com, capital with on an O. Thanksgiving, on right? Thanksgiving Day, and capital with an O because we're clever and, you know, we made a little pun. But capitalpunishmentthemovie.com, and we're releasing it that way um, it's almost an experiment in uh, going around the Hollywood machine. Uh, I think that's what we have to start doing. We have to build our own you sort bet. of Hollywood, and we have to find a way to give the audience direct access to our material rather than having, you know, having people at Netflix decide what you should see or Amazon or whatever. So if we can make this successful, it can become a model for how movies can be released in the future. And So this this is... You may host it on, or, or you may at least try to put it on Facebook or on YouTube, but you've got this on your own servers and no one's, no one's taken that away. Right. That uh, westernjournal.com is, uh, is hosting the film on their servers. And so that way it, it can't be shut down, hopefully. 
Yes. <laughs> so for yeah, well, so for those of you out there who um, who understand uh, what's going on, people have watched the, the the censorship against me and everybody else. In many cases, much worse than what they're doing to me. Uh, this isn't this isn't something that they can stop. It's not like they can ban it from YouTube or Facebook. But in order for people to see this movie. You are going to have to email your friends with the link that we'll obviously provide here on Facebook and, and YouTube to the degree that they'll let us get away with showing this interview even. Yeah. But in any event, the only way that you can get to be certain that people get to see the, the actual truth, including yourself, if you're watching this, is to go to this link. You can see it on the screen right below us right now. It's also uh, embedded, so you can just click on a button. But... If you do that and then copy that URL and email it to your friends, that still seems to be about the only thing that they can't stop these days. Right. Right. And uh, I'm sure they're going to try. You know, I'm, I'm sure they're going. Oh, yeah, to, they're going to yeah, try. They're going to try. And, uh, you know, I was joking. It's like uh, and I'm not really joking. This is what's sad. I, I'm actually kind of afraid of what happens when we release the film, they, they may really be at my door on Thanksgiving and want some Turkey or something. <laughs> turkey, uh, <laughs> Turkey dusted with gunpowder. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, so, you know, uh, just, I guess I'll wrap up with this. Um, I've been telling uh, people who, who watch uh, my channel and have for a while, I've been telling them that 10 years ago, I tried to look 10 years into the future and I thought, man, we're toast. And here we are 10 years later and we're toast. Yeah. But when I look at 10 years in the future now, I think we're going to be okay. I think we're past peak woke. I think people everywhere are, 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 are literally awakening as opposed to awakening. They are, they are, they're going to these school board meetings. They're fighting back in the pop culture. They're fighting back everywhere. And, and I genuinely believe that, 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 these kind of things like what you're doing now are, are not only going to succeed, but that they're succeeding. The, 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 the uh, president, Asterix, right. uh, has historic low approval ratings. So does the vice president. Uh, everything they touch is a, is a debacle. There's not only now they're saying, well, you don't really need turkey for Thanksgiving just because it costs, you know, almost double what it did last year. Just why don't you just go back to your algae cakes <laughs> and and. And all across the country, people are waking up to the fact that this isn't about Republicans versus Democrats, not about conservatives or progressives at all. It's about, it's about a ruling elite that has decided that it knows what's better for you than you do. And it really is a case of the government in cooperation with big media and big uh, tech and all the rest of it have decided that they're going to tell you what to do. And I think that the, the pushback is now really only now starting to begin. Do you get that sense? I absolutely do. And, you know, like you said, that you mentioned the school board meetings that people are going to and making projects like this one. I, I think that's the way to fight back. The as more people stand up and say, this doesn't make sense and I'm not doing what you say and I don't accept your characterization of me. And the more we stand up and say no to these bullies, that's what bullies do. They try to they run away. They try to scare you, and until you're not scared anymore, and once they sense you're not scared anymore, they run away. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think the America. I think you're right. I think more and more people are waking up, and uh, 
we're going to make the bullies run away. So um, is there anything that you want to say in terms of uh, of what people can do or or is there anything that I missed or do you have any closing thoughts on this um, this remarkable work that you've done? Well, um, I just want to assure everybody out there that this is not only an informative and 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 kind of groundbreaking film. You're going to see things in this this movie you couldn't imagine were happening in America. There's also some really good jokes in it, and you know I'm proud of those. Uh, it's it you know there's a lot of funny stuff in it, and it's you know not always inappropriate. Some of it is, but. I, I encourage everybody to to have fun with this movie. I mean, what I'm trying to say, it's this movie's even though there's some bad. It's not, it's not oral. It's not two hours of oral surgery that you right. have to sit through. And it's, yeah. it's not like a plane going down. This movie, there's some, there's some, you know, <laughs> there's some, there's some fun stuff in it as well. You know, I'm I'm really glad you mentioned that in closing. You know, because we really do write our own futures in a lot of ways. Uh, in the days and and months after. Uh, the election and after January 6th and, and into the spring and, and so on. I and most Americans were utterly convinced that we would never, ever win another election again, that, 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 that this woke offensive that launched this sneak attack and then just kept rolling like the first six months of, of the war in the Pacific with the Japanese, everywhere they go, they're just victorious, victorious, victorious. We're falling back and we're looking around and saying, we, we've lost this thing. It's over and, and there's no stopping them. Yeah. Uh, there is stopping them, mm-hmm. and and they actually stop pretty easily. And the thing that I like to leave people with is that is that everything that the left has done to destroy this this country, they have done through psychology, and we have allowed them to do it. What I mean by that is they don't come at us and knock down doors with machine guns, despite what the FBI's uh, ambitions might be in the near future. And it pains me to have to say that. But the fact of the matter is, all of the, all of it is is accomplished by making you shut up, by calling you something that you find reprehensible, that you don't want to be known as. You're slandered and you're and you're intimidated and you're bullied and you see everywhere you see people just bow down and and the NFL and Gillette and all these other people just just taking a knee. But when you stand up, and and make a a, a determined effort to to resist this i i am astonished at how easy it is and how rapidly these miserable sons of bitches run away that's true <laughs> absolutely true and you know that's why i make jokes in the movie it's like ridiculing the left really really gets them they really hate that they cannot stand to be made fun of and they it, cannot they cannot and you've done it forever i mean that's why we're friends you know the stuff you've done uh, ridiculing them i mean that's that's some of the most delicious parts of the movie is just being able to laugh in their faces they really really hate that they do hate it <laughs> and um and now they've had their they have their nuclear weapon which is racist yeah. and now we have ours which is Moron. <laughs> Where did you get that haircut, man? Right. right. My right. God, yeah. have you ever ironed clothes in your life? Never? I'm not surprised. Um, right. Nick, it's a pleasure talking to you. And and uh, I've always, always admired you and always admired your sense of humor and, and your patriotism. But when I saw that you'd gone to the kind of effort you'd gone to, I just uh, I just knew I was on the right team. And, and thanks for coming to talk about it. We'll promote this to the limit of our ability and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing the whole film on, on Thanksgiving morning. And, and I think 
ultimately, that's something for us to give thanks about, despite the fact that things have deteriorated as much as they have. Right. Here is an actual film, an actual statement criticizing the government, and it's up there and they can't stop it. Mm -hmm. And it's as free of a country as we decide to make it. That's exactly right. And we, you and I and others like us, we're, we're doing what our friend Andrew Breitbart told us to do. Yeah. You know, we're trying to affect the culture by participating in it. So. All right. Well, it's a pleasure talking with you, pal. You it's too been bet. too long since we met in person. Uh, I've got a secret, uh, secret weapon project of my own that I will uh, send you a link to. Okay. And I'm hoping I can corral you into working with me on that because you're right. They cannot handle being laughed at. Right. Nick Searcy, ladies and gentlemen, his new film is called Capital Punishment. It becomes available for you to view online on Thanksgiving. And, um, and you really need to see this film. We'll continue to run the trailers here. Uh, leading up to that and for several days after. Uh, it's great talking to you, Nick, and, and, uh, and I miss hanging out with you, and I'm looking forward to seeing you soon. I hope so, Bill. Let's, let's do it. All right, pal. Take care. Bye. Let's bring us to, because we were both... Uh, we were both there on January 6th. What brought you to a point where you were like, because I know for me, I, I felt like called to be there. Like I was yeah. there for the rally in November. I was there in December. And I was like, I just feel like I have to be here for this and, and see what's really going on. Mm -hmm. You know, in all honesty, I didn't know why I went. You know, I, I, I just sort of, I wasn't planning on going. My wife and I had a trip planned to North Carolina that we were going to go and stay for a few weeks. And, uh, but that was the day after. And my buddy who I made the, I made a movie last year called America, God shed his grace on thee, which was a documentary about the constitution. And you can buy it right now at shedhisgrace.com. But, uh, it, and that movie turned out very well. It's on salemnow.com too. You can buy it there. But the guy that I made that film with was going. And he just said, why don't you go? And I said, I don't know. It seemed, I don't like rallies. You know, I've only been to one in my life. I was a Trump supporter. You know, I voted for him, but I was like, I don't know. But then I decided. That I kind of look good in red. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I decided at the last minute, I said, OK, let's go. I'll, I'll, I'll just go see what happens. And then I'll just go from there down to North Carolina. It'll be on the way. You know, so, uh, yeah, that's what I just decided to go uh, like two days before. And I took my little selfie stick and my iPhone and made a lot of footage there. And, uh, and then of course everything happened uh, the way it happened. And I made a lot of uh, jokes when I was in North Carolina about, yeah, I'm, I'm hiding out from the FBI, but they were, the FBI was actually looking for people. I didn't oh know that. God. that yeah. Joke, you know, so. Yeah. Friends of mine have been, you know, contacted by oh. them and it's like they weren't even inside it's like what how how is this what we're spending our time on and and like we're just letting everybody go free who who lit a building on fire last summer yeah well i'm making a movie you know i'm making a movie right now a documentary about the people who went to washington and about what's happening to them and you know oh i guess that's god put me in that place where you know that's why I went to Washington. Like I said at the beginning, I didn't know why I went. I think this is why I went because I was there. I made uh, a lot of, took a lot of footage. And the movie's about how what I saw doesn't match up with what the media is showing you. All the media shows you is this, you know, this, this 
small group of violent people, there were 2 million people there. I mean, it seemed yeah. like 2 million people. Did it seem that way to you? It absolutely seemed like at least a million. I, I knew after the November rally that the media was lying about how many people were there uh, and just saying that it was a non-event. They would fly over really early, be like, oh, look, there's 40 people here, big deal. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, okay. And that, that was similarly how they covered December, the December rally. And then I figured January would be the same until the, uh, the whatever false flag, whatever you want to call it, the setup, the uh, yeah. the stuff went down, and uh, and then I wonder, it's like, is the media intentionally getting it wrong, or do they do they just not know any better, or are they just paid to push the, the this agenda? I think they are are willingly pushing the agenda. I don't think, and and definitely they're being rewarded for it. That that's what they get paid to do. If if you're not pushing that agenda, they just fire you. They, they, you know, they get another reporter that will. So they're definitely in the tank and it's definitely a deliberate lie. They know the truth and they're, they're not telling you the truth. And that, that's, that's been the case for the last four years though. I mean, that's why, did you see that big long uh, Twitter thread that that guy wrote about why he thinks Trump supporters believe the election was stolen and believe all this stuff. Who do you remember whose thread it was? Yeah, it's uh, oh gosh, it, T Tucker Carlson talked about it, I think, last night or Friday night. I can't remember the guy's name, but it's a big long thread, and it basically says that all the people that went to Washington that day believe the election was stolen because they know that they've been lied to for four years. That mm -hmm. every single thing, the Russian collusion thing, everything the the media has told them has been a lie. So why should they believe it now? Especially when you have this obvious situation where the election counting, the vote count was stopped in the, only in the four five states that Biden needed to win. Hmm. Stopped in the middle of the night for four hours, only in those places where Trump was ahead when they stopped. And suddenly you wake up the next morning and miraculously thousands, hundreds of thousands of votes have been found. Yeah, we were like celebrating. He, it was like so clear that he was going to win. It was what, like two, three in the morning, yeah. and he was way ahead. Yeah, I lost you, Chrissy. Are you gone? Well, now it's the Nick Cersei show. Let's hope Chrissy comes back and joins us. <laughs> I just took over your show. <laughs> I was going to warn you, like, when, if or when the cord goes out, just take it away. But I'm sure you did wonderfully. Um, yeah. So without without getting too much into it, the a large chunk of the American people feel like they've been lied to for four years. There was a lot of suspect activity. Um. And right, if the if the mainstream media can focus on like how violent and how crazy the day was, well, then they won't address what's behind it, which is like millions of people feeling wronged, feeling lied to, feeling like their voices aren't heard. And also, it's they mischaracterize why people went. You know, they say, oh, they were the insurrectionists there to overthrow the government and overturn the election. No, everybody went because they wanted the vote verified. Right? We yeah. wanted the audited because it's like if we're going to come together as a country let's just make sure this is true because this looks funny to us mm -hmm. this looks fishy doesn't make sense 
So wouldn't you, if you were on the other side and an honest person, wouldn't you want that vote verified? Let's just prove it. And then everybody will be happy and say, look, see, it wasn't stolen. And I think that all of us, or at least I would, I'll speak for myself. If they were able to prove it to me that it wasn't stolen, I'd go, okay, well, fine. I guess he won that. But yeah. see, they're not willing. They're not and if willing. that's the case, wouldn't they have shown it to us by now? To right. be like, shut up. You know, we won. You guys lost. Get over it. But they yeah. haven't been able to do that. And that's why they're calling everybody that went there treasonous and insurrectionists. You know, they want to demonize those people so that they won't ask the question. Even right. asking the question, even saying out loud, I don't believe the election results are legitimate. They want to demonize and criminalize that because that's their game. Yeah. That's it's how like it's literally the meme of like the two Spider-Men like pointing at each other. It's like, right, if we're, if the people are vilified, well, then that distracts from what they're doing wrong. Right. And it sends a message to everybody else. Don't be one of those people. Don't be like them. See how they're, we've throwing them in jail. We're ruining their businesses. We're canceling them off of everything we can cancel them off of. You don't want to be one of those morons, you know, be one of yeah. us. Right. It's so not only do we have like it's sort of like insidious on an insidious level, like in the universities, this sort of embarrassment to be an American. But now you have like the mainstream media basically like taking what what's what is very patriotic behavior and and vilifying it. It's like oh, yeah. something that should be celebrated. It's but it's, it's literally like they're just turning it around. It's like backwards world. Well, look at all the people saying, oh, the American flag has now been, it's now a symbol of racism and the American flag makes me feel bad. And look at all those idiot children saying that they can't find anything to be proud of America about when they're walking around in, in absolute, most of the time, the most prosperous place on, on the face of the earth. Yeah, it's like you're walking around not getting beat up because you're reading. <laughs> That's what's good. Right. Yeah, not getting thrown in jail for saying stupid things. You can say any stupid thing you want in this country, you know? And they just, but they that has to have been taught. That is not a logical conclusion that you reach from empirical data, right? From seeing the world around you. That is conditioning that is put into you deliberately by people who want to destroy the country. It's infuriating. I'm sure everybody who was there that day, like, gets so angry watching this the news coverage and watch the media continually, now, even six months later, spin and spin and talk about it. People saying it is worse than the Holocaust, worse than 9-11. It's insane. It's like an insult to actual tragedies. Uh, yeah. it, it's a slap in the face, especially after everything that happened last summer, the destruction, <laughs> David Dorn, you know. Uh, retired policeman who got shot over a TV, somebody wanting to lift a TV, you know, that was in the midst of like the BLM garbage last summer. Um, it's just infuriating. And there were so many of us there, uh, you know, for, yeah. for good to just express ourselves. I met all the best people. Mm -hmm. I mean, Most I saw so many nice people there. I really did. It's like, I saw people praying. I saw people saying the Pledge of Allegiance, waving flags. You know, there was one lady walking around with a little boom box that was playing, we're not going to take it over and over again. And it was yeah, like a yeah. <laughs> tailgate party. You know, people are just. It was. It felt like 
I was not at Woodstock, but I was like, this feels like that. Just picnic blankets, families, dogs, funny people in costumes. I love all the costumes. All the signs were so clever. I was really amazed with how many uh, Chinese people were there, just really trying to get the word out on the CCP. Yeah. Um, yeah. People, women who, people who could barely speak English, but they were like, you know, I, there was this one woman and she really drew a crowd. She like wasn't, obviously she was having trouble with the language a little bit, but she was like so passionate. Everybody could feel it. And she just really wow. wanted to like get the word out. And like that, it was such a feeling of unity. It was the most diverse group of people. I expected, oh, MAGA people, all hillbillies, but it was, it yeah. couldn't be further from the truth. And yet what, are this, what does the media say? It was all white supremacists. White supremacy is the biggest threat we face. And it's like, I saw so many different people there. There was even a guy there that I saw that had a shirt that said fags for Trump. <laughs> had that shirt on. And the thing is, since I was from California, I'd already met that guy. He, he was at a Beverly Hills Trump rally. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> there were so many people there that that don't fit the, the profile that the media is putting out, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Oh! 